0: Please stand as you are able for the reading of this morning's scripture taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 4 through 11. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said to them, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Amen.
1: As we begin our Lenten series, Love Wins, we'll see how Jesus' life expresses God's love for us and the different ways uh, that we experience that love winning for us and in us. Um, I feel like I need to say before I get started, I have a, a pinched nerve in my neck, which bothers my right arm, so if I'm doing weird things, with, my, don't worry about me, there's nothing else going on, I'm not having a stroke or anything, I'm just trying to get the, uh, that worked out a little bit, but I'll try not to do that because it distracts me as well as you, I know. Um, But today we begin with love wins through devotion. We all know that in our lives we can be devoted to a wide variety of things or people or pastimes. But to be devoted means more than just that we like something or that we're fond of something or that we enjoy something. When I hear the word devoted, To me it says something about a single-mindedness. It's the most important thing in our life. It's the thing that drives us and gives shape to our life. When I was a little boy, I wanted to learn how to build engines and fix cars like my father. I was fascinated by his ability to do that. And so when I was about eight or nine, My father built me a go-kart that had a big gasoline engine on it. And it would go really fast, like 45 miles an hour. Because my dad was a car guy. He wasn't worried about the safety of it. He wanted the speed of it, right? So I had this go-kart that would really fly. And uh, it quit working. The engine broke down. And so my dad says, well, work on it and learn how to fix it. Well, I must have taken that engine apart 50 times and put it back together 50 times. It never ran again. I never could figure out how to fix it. But there was a period of time in my life, every day after school, I would come home and instead of playing uh, with my neighbors, I would work on that stupid go-kart and I would take that thing apart piece by piece and put it back together again. I was devoted to figuring that out. When I grew up, I was a pretty good student at school. I made pretty good grades, but I was not a devoted student. I didn't study hard. I didn't take any classes that would be challenging to me. If it didn't come easy for me, I didn't take those classes. And I did okay. I went along through school. But when I went to seminary, somehow a Got swi- a switch got flipped in my brain and I was a serious student I was a devoted student actually I was an obsessed student suddenly it was not enough to do okay I had to be first in the class it wasn't enough to make an A I needed to make a hundred and after a few times of challenging grades I learned I should just let that go because they didn't change grades (laughs) at the graduate school but I was devoted to my studies and I look back on that time and I realize that my devotion to my studies really did shape my life and give some kind of direction to my life being that devoted to my studies determined A whole lot about my social life, which I didn't have because I was always studying. It determined how much I slept, depending on how much reading I had for a class or how many papers I needed to write. I decided that mattered to me, and so everything in my life for that period of time was focused on my devotion to school. And it really did determine what my life looked like. Well, you may have been devoted to something like that, known someone devoted to something like that. It makes us who we are. A business person, an entrepreneur focused on building their business, a musician wanting to be excellent, an athlete wanting to be the best, a teacher realizing the opportunity they have to make a difference in the lives of young people that will make a difference in the life of everyone in the world. We know what it's like to be devoted and to have it shape our lives. But we don't often stop to think how important it is our devotion in our spiritual life. And that's what this story from the Gospel of Matthew is all about. It's the reason we use this story for the first Sunday of Lent year after year after year. It's a story that helps us hear the challenge to be focused on that which matters the most to us, to really determine what is the object of our devotion in our life. We join Jesus for 40 days in the wilderness. We join Jesus for 40 days of prayer and reflection. And we join Jesus, hoping that our devotion to him will grow deeper. In Matthew's gospel, it's important where this story falls. Jesus has just gone to John the Baptist, his cousin out at the Jordan to be baptized. He's ready to begin his public ministry. But before he does anything else, he goes from the waters of baptism to the wilderness. Matthew says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The Spirit leads Jesus to this place for him to be tested and tried. Before he does anything else, before he ever tells a parable or a story, before he ever teaches, before he preaches a sermon, before he performs a miracle, before he ever heals anyone, even before he ever calls a single disciple, the Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness for this time of testing. And Jesus answers the call knowing that it's going to be a struggle, knowing that it's going to test his trust and his devotion to God. I think this story happens when it happens, because it's in this period of time that Jesus gets the clarity he needs on just how he was going to go about being the Messiah. There were lots of ideas and lots of theories and lots of, viewpoints on what the Messiah would do, who they would be, how they would act. It's in the wilderness that Jesus hones in and devotes himself, not to his way or the way of those who would follow him, but to God's way. How is he supposed to live out being the Messiah? Every time I read this story, I'm always struck. If Jesus needed that time of preparation, if Jesus needed that time, how much more do we? How much more do we? Well, the tempter comes to Jesus after 40 days of fasting and prayer. Forty days. You imagine how tired and how hungry Jesus is. How weary he is. The tempter comes. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God, climb to the pinnacle of the temple and jump off and everyone will see you and everyone will believe. Jesus is tempted to let his devotion to God be replaced by the human tendency to prove himself, to vindicate himself, to make it all about him. But Jesus, remembering scripture that he had learned growing up, finds direction in those temptations and stays true in his devotion to God. Then the tempter comes again and shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and all of their splendor and says, I'll give you all of this. You want the world? I'll give you the world. Just bow down and worship me. What a temptation. What a temptation to go from the solitude and weariness and hunger of the wilderness to being recognized as the King of kings and Lord of lords. The tempter is asking Jesus to go from one to the other and skip everything in the middle. The weariness, the betrayal, the suffering, the cross, the heart that would break again and again, Out of love for other people. What a temptation. But Jesus remains true in his devotion to God. And Matthew says, the devil leaves. (laughs) And Jesus emerges from the wilderness ready to be the Savior of the world. We see Jesus' devotion to God and his willingness to be led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We so often think that the Spirit only leads us to happy places. That the Spirit only leads us to places we want to go. We see Jesus' devotion to God in being open to the fact that the Spirit was leading him to the wilderness for a time of challenge and a time of struggle. We see Jesus' devotion to God in his knowledge of the scriptures who, that guided him at every turn. But I also think we see Jesus' devotion to God in his willingness to follow the Spirit out of the wilderness and head toward Jerusalem and a cross. That's the depth of Jesus' devotion to God. As I studied this passage of Scripture this time, it came to me the reality that all of us, one time or another, in one way or another, find ourselves in our own wilderness, don't we? But I had this thought. What if we are in the wilderness not just because we made a bad decision or someone did something to us or life is just unfair? What if we find ourselves in the wilderness so that we might learn something deeper of God? That we might learn something deeper of About ourselves? What if in our own wilderness we get in touch with the object of our devotion and we commit ourselves anew to God? What if? What difference might it make in our life? What difference might it make in the lives of those around us? If in our wilderness time, we deepen our devotion to God. Love wins through devotion. That's why we observe Lent. That's why we're reading the Gospel of Luke together as a church. That's why we have all these opportunities to serve together as a church during these 40 days in the wilderness with Jesus so that we can do everything we can to make this time in our life a time where we grow in our relationship with Jesus and we look at the world through Jesus' loving heart. When those things happen, love wins.